0: Hi and welcome to the first ever episode of The Voice of Healthcare, a new show on the podcast network Voice First FM. My name is Bradley Metrock, I'm CEO of Score Publishing, a company based in Nashville, Tennessee, whose mission is to help people become better interactive content creators. Our sponsors for this show are the Alexa Conference, which is a conference we run um, which is the annual gathering of Alexa developers and enthusiasts from across the country and the world. Uh, it's coming up in January in Chattanooga. And the keynote speaker for that is Dr. Ahmed Bouzid, the original head of product for Alexa and Connected Homes for Amazon. And our other sponsor for this episode is F O U R T Fourthcast, H C A S T dot com. It's a uh, software as a service, uh, on the internet that will turn your podcast into an Alexa skill check it out at forthcast.com. This show will be every month uh, for about half an hour to an hour and will involve different guests But for today, it'll be me interviewing my co-host uh, my friend of many years. Dr. Matt Cebulski. Matt say hello
1: Hey Bradley. Hello everyone out there.
0: Thanks for joining us Matt and uh, the, the purpose of this show will be to examine the growing intersection between voice-first technology and the healthcare industry. And so let's start out with, Matt, talk to us a little bit about your background um, and how you sort of got to this point uh, in terms of your education and and your uh,
1: experience. Sure, Bradley. Um, I think like most people, um, where you end up tends to sometimes be a combination of luck um, exposure and effort and will. Um, I certainly didn't come across um, using voice-first technology in healthcare um, as something that I wanted to do a decade ago. Um, I came across mostly uh, voice-first because I'm a, as from training. I'm a behavioral economist, so I'm very much interested in behaviorally informed approaches to solutions in healthcare. Opposed to uh, spreadsheet-driven, um, you know, reviewed um, approaches to problem solving, I think that uh, when it comes to getting people to modify behaviors, uh, having physicians and surgeons, providers, nurses, whoever interact more fluidly uh, with tools and technology that's growing at a logarithmic pace in healthcare. Um, we got to have a way to do it that's hands-free, um, where the data transfer is lossless um, and more contextually personalized um, for humans. As a psychologist, I've been working in quality and safety for some time now. My career in healthcare started out largely uh, in healthcare finance, uh, moved to get some uh, deeper training in behavioral economics because, simply because... I realized people had a hard time understanding their bills, their invoices, um, and their insurance reimbursement. Um, so I was lucky enough to be part of an organization, Tenet Healthcare, um, who had some forward-thinking executives and upon a conversation with one of them, Steve Mooney of Conifer Health Solutions and Norma Zarang of Conifer Health Solutions, they encouraged me and supported me in the pursuit of getting a PhD, all in the name. Of modifying invoices studying consumer behavior in order that we get them into a situation where they're not as likely to go um, bankrupt or uh, turn their accounts into bad debt really hurting their credit score hurting their ability to get loans pay off debt and be healthy Um, we had some great success together Uh, this turned out to be a way for me to become a professor at a medical school where I was working closely with surgeons Um, and practitioners at UAB School of Medicine on improving quality and safety using mostly spreadsheet-driven, condition-specific protocol to reduce things like length of stay, uh, readmissions, um, uh, utilizing supplies properly, and reducing error. Um, I knew as a psychologist that there was a lot of benefit from us looking at the same problems of readmission reduction, quality, length of stay, error, um, utilizing behaviorally informed approaches. But um, I didn't know until recently that the growth of these voice-first tools would be such um, rapid advances and ease of use that we could start deploying them in healthcare. And it wasn't until the last year and a half that I got very serious about how we could use something like Alexa, for example, to interact with both providers and patients to make the care that they deliver or the care that they receive uh, more accessible, more transparent, um, extended their reach um, and provide the financial stability that I was looking to help patients and providers with years ago uh, and do it in such a a vivid and unique manner. Um, So yeah. A long story short, I ended up being involved with Alexa and Voice First Technology, one, because I wanted to make a difference, but two, it was largely accidental and being in the right place at the right time.
0: Well, you did a great job at the first ever Alexa conference that was this past January in Nashville, uh, and appreciate you joining us for that and it was let's a talk pleasure, about by
1: the way i i won't miss you, it again for the following year
0: yeah no I mean, uh it was very insightful and uh it'll be great to have you back share with us about what your the last week and a half for you and uh share with the audience uh what you spent your time doing presenting to uh folks who run the alexa fund and what the alexa fund is and uh, why you were doing that at carnegie
1: mellon yeah well First of all, thanks for the kudos from last year. I was luckily invited to come speak about what these voice first technologies could offer medicine and how it could be changed. Um, There are some amazing things going on across the country with voice first. I mean, one of my favorite examples is Boston Children's Hospital uses the Alexa tool for children in the burn and ICU units. And they use it for entertainment, right? To change channels or music, Um, education. You know, what is this disease I have? How do I take care of myself? What are the medications I take and when do I take them? Uh, And importantly, communication with staff. In the burn unit especially, having something like an Alexa is wildly, wildly important. Uh, It reduces the risk of infection because there's less people that need to interact physically with with the patient. But importantly, and and also tragically, uh, when these patients, these pediatric burn patients are in the unit, um, a lot of times they can't move, uh, or they're instructed not to, or they're in a lot of pain, uh, but they can use their voice. And so if you can use your voice and you have an Alexa or a Dot or an Echo show, the world is yours as long as it's connected appropriately. Um, They've had some really interesting success there. But back to the topic at hand. Um, I wouldn't miss this upcoming conference also, Bradley, because I've been named the lead of the healthcare section, um, and I'm really happy to do that, um, and I'm very excited about the speakers we have, as well as the presentations and the networking that's going to be available there. Um, last year you could really feel the spark and the spirit in that place, um, so I'm, I'm honored to be leading it, uh, on the healthcare side for the following year, of course, uh, with the guidance from... Uh, score publishing but um secondly uh, your other question why cmu and what the heck am i doing there well i've been really fortunate to have great mentors along the way Um, i have um, part of my personality is really extroverted if you know me i don't really meet strangers and i also um, get very very energized by being around people so anytime i see someone doing something interesting or that has some dynamism or charismatic qualities, I want to know who they are and I want to befriend them. They're fascinating to me. The human creature is fascinating to me, but leaders and mentors are really fascinating to me. And I've had some good ones over the years. Um, Luckily for me, um, I've got two really good leaders right now that I'm working with. Uh, At CMU, um, there's a fellow named Joe Marks um, who leads their innovation center or one of their innovation centers. Um, He's a very dynamic fellow, he's been involved quite a bit with uh, lots of work in the healthcare space over the years. Um, He um, works closely with another behavioral economist um, and Joe has been really instrumental in opening my eyes to the entrepreneurial world. Um, As such, I've been working closely with a CEO at Signature Healthcare in the Boston area, Signature Healthcare System, um, Kim Holland. Um, who is a well-known CEO and leader in the American College of Healthcare Executives and very encouraging of our collaboration together as a behavioral economist. Uh, we've partnered together to, to cover various vectors in this hospital. The reason that I bring up Joe um, and Kim is because they both have been really encouraging about using voice-first technology um, in the handling of population health um, and optimizing care given the need to do so with a minimal amount of providers and a a shrinking amount of providers in comparison to the demands of the modern healthcare consumer. Um, Kim has been open to me using um, Alexa technology to reduce readmissions and we're really starting in the space with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, otherwise known as COPD, the primary cause of which is smoking. And for people over the age of 65 or approaching Sixty years old uh, is a massive problem. It's a fifty billion dollar um, cost to the United States healthcare system a year. Uh, twenty four million people in the United States are purported to have this disease. Only about half of them have been, di- been diagnosed. So symptoms over time will exacerbate to about twenty four million. Um, it's about 11000 dollars. Excuse me per readmission for COPD. That's about one hundred and eighteen percent more expensive.
0: Yeah, and so when you say a readmission, you're, that's someone who's been treated and the treatment uh, didn't work, and so now they're back within, what, a 30-day time
1: horizon? Yeah, essentially what's happened is they've been discharged for a disease. Uh, in this case, it's COPD. And within 30 days, they end up back in the hospital because whatever treatment they've been doing either wasn't appropriate for their needs wasn't compliant for their needs or some other reason that we look at as a failure of modern medicine. So yes, it's $11,000 average, but the median is probably higher than that. Um, What you're looking at is on top of those readmission numbers, Bradley, the federal government for certain levels of readmissions, uh, percentages, so I think the national average for COPD is something like 17% readmission, which is pretty high. If you don't get it below 11 to 10%, uh, I think by the next year, um, CMS is going to uh, reduce the reimbursement from Medicare to your particular system or, or health entity. There's a lot of complicated, I think, math and also algorithms involved in how they calculate that. The big story here is that the more people come into the hospital after a, after a discharge for a chronic condition like COPD, The more risk to them and their health, primarily, but secondarily, the larger risk to your health system and its financial stability because the federal government will reimburse you less because they're uh, penalizing you for not offering the right care the first time. Back to CMU, uh, basically with Kim Holland and Joe Marks, um, through their stewardship and through my interest in voice-first technology and what I think Alexa is bringing to the digital experience and the healthcare experience have developed with a partner of mine out of LA who I'll leave unnamed. She's uh, working um, with another entity at the moment. Um, a tool where we can send patients home on discharge with an echo dot. And they have some customization. It's connected to their phone they like the like the pediatric patients in the burn unit at home have access to instructionals about copd what is it how do i take my meds when do i take them we've also added prompts um, to nudge them into making sure they're taking their meds appropriately as well as tracking health data prompting them to respond to the to the echo and alexa by telling alexa how they feel Uh, they give three levels green being i feel fine yellow, I'm having some trouble here and I need some help, and red, which is 911, Alexa, stop, which is 911 uh, and emergency services. The purpose of all of those being the patient themselves when they're reporting can get the help they need through the Echo Dot. Now that it allows phone calls can be connected to uh, a nurse or a provider uh, which can instruct them to take meds that they need on an emergency basis, clean equipment if it's necessary, or maybe they have something set up wrong. Um, Alexa has protocols and cascades of questions that we programmed into it in order to reduce the amount of time a patient might spend in seeking care at the ER or, God forbid, having a readmission. More importantly than that, as a behavioral economist, you can take all those things together. And we can also drive incentives for this daily use. We can rank them amongst other people that have COPD. We can compare them to others by incentivizing good habits they have and showing them a percentage or telling them a percentage of odds that they have of not going back to the hospital or that they're being rewarded uh, for taking care of themselves well. We could also inform them if they're not responding to the Alexa or or they're responding that they're not compliant with medications as appropriate um, that they can do a better job. And if they don't, they risk going back to the hospital or something worse. Um, so you've got really a plan that you
0: put together that you pitched to the Alexa fund people with Amazon uh, that they can get involved with it. And you were a part of their pitch day.
1: That's right, Bradley. I'm sorry. Yeah, so, so no, I was invited by Joe Marks after this creation um, at Kim Holland's health system to present what we're going to be providing the patients um and uh, amazon was very interested in hearing from us so yeah i bet they
0: were and yeah. let me um so uh, on the first show that we launched on voice first fm which is simply called the alexa podcast uh we... yeah I
1: listened to that it was great
0: well i appreciate that so we talked about on that show uh some other news that's come out in the last week or so about amazon's uh, echo show and echo look and i specifically want to ask you about Uh, the Echo Look first and get your opinion on this. So uh, the Echo Look, if you haven't uh, heard of it or or know what it is, is a uh, combination of uh, the Alexa technology, the the microphone and uh, the voice interaction with a uh, with a camera. And uh, the way it uh, is presented by Amazon to the marketplace is that this is going to be a device that you put in your bedroom um, or near your bedroom that helps uh, with your fashion sense. So it helps you select better looking clothes and- I need all uh, the help
1: I can get, Bradley. You, you, well, yeah,
0: yeah, I think we all do. So, uh, but it's, it's designed, uh, you know, at least it appears to be marketed primarily more toward women, um, at least at first. And what I find interesting about it, uh, and on the Alexa podcast, I was recounting that uh, my wife saw an advertisement on amazon.com for the Echo Look and was asking me, what is this? and um, she thought it was very interesting, and her only concern about it was does it actually work? Uh, she didn't voice any privacy
1: concerns about having a camera uh, in the bedroom well, Bradley, or in the closet. Privacy is a whole other show we should do, but I will contend oh. that most of the country's uh, sense of privacy is definitely out the window, so that doesn't surprise me. That she was not concerned about
0: that. Yeah, yeah. well, I think yeah, you're right. It's a commentary unto itself, and I'm sure every, every episode of this show will probably cover privacy uh, mm-hmm. to some degree. But I wanted to ask, uh, you know, to me, um, this device, the Echo Look, um, has a lot of potential healthcare implications because it sure it's, it's it's taking your, at a minimum, it's it's it knows what you look like, and so that's healthcare data uh, by itself. But uh, tell me about uh, what you think about uh, how that strikes you, and sort of where you see all this stuff going.
1: Well. There's, you know, the Echo Look is a fascinating um, tool that Alexa and Amazon come out with. Um, At the CMU conference at Carnegie Mellon, I was listening to a presentation in which they were using um, Alexa with a special kind of of uh, spectrochromatography, I guess is what it's called. Um, Let me see. Hang on one second, Bradley. Sure. Well, yeah, so there was a special kind of uh, camera, let's just say that, on the Alexa that would be able to look upon uh, all kinds of equipment and measure the vibration of it. (laughs) Okay. And by measuring the micro-vibrations in it, what they're able to do is they can inform you what's running in the house, the fridge, the sink disposal, the dishwasher, uh, the clothes washer, all distinct vibrations. Uh, what's even more interesting, and with tools like Echolook and this other tool that was presented at Carnegie Mellon, um, if you have a patient who's not feeling well, their color, the temperature that they have off coming off of their skin, even their um, even their breathing rate can be measured. Um, using that tool, which sends all kinds of really important data back to healthcare professionals. Now, if that can be integrated properly into an EMR, and even more importantly, if you can take this out of the AWS Lambda tool and connect it with other vectors that are important for someone's health who has COPD or diabetes or CHF, even for uh, swelling with CHF, for example, um, there can be alerts. There can be alerts that either are automatic or from actual person. Um, this is a profound change in how healthcare can be delivered uh, on a day-to-day basis. I mean, think about it. If you and I just go to the, the doctor twice a year or four times a year, we're missing about 5,000 hours of waking time I'm not being catered to by a physician. Now, reduce the amount of physicians that are available in the world and give yourself a chronic condition, and that ratio gets even worse. So having tools like this with Alexa, to me, is the harbinger of change. Um, I, you know, You're looking basically at a future where there are less big box hospitals, but there are big box areas with floors full of practitioners who are monitoring or speaking with patients in their homes or through their phones um, using Alexa-type products, dealing with their day-to-day and preventing any sort of catastrophic event. Cool. It's very cool. I I I didn't realize that the Echo look was already out in the market.
0: Oh, I don't know if it's out on the market. I just know it was being advertised. I'm not sure when it, I think what it is, it's, it, <clears throat> it's invitation only. Um, so I think Amazon mm-hmm. uh, is giving it to uh, just a select few people, uh, if I remember right. Let's, um, let me ask you about Ionia. Uh, yeah, share sure. with us what Ionia is and uh, what you're doing with it. Well, Ionia
1: is my consulting firm, but it's also a product firm. So basically, what we strive to do is make things, make changes in healthcare delivery that matter, uh, using behaviorally informed approaches instead of only spreadsheet-driven approaches. Um, I've had some work in my past where it was just spreadsheet, and well, we were just gonna, we were just gonna cut our way to prosperity. You know, we're gonna get rid of overhead. We're gonna, we're gonna get rid of the expensive supplies. We're only gonna allow orthopedic surgeons to use certain implants for knees and hips and we're only gonna go with certain drugs for anesthesia, etc. That isn't sustainable over a long time. And I realized that working in healthcare. And as a behavioral economist, I wanted to create something that got beyond saving money, that got beyond cutting physical costs, and really promoted social engagement as the blockbuster drug of the century. And so I started Ionia, and I started with one client. And I never realized that I would take off the way I did, but I've been very fortunate to do so. I have three clients now, one in the Bay Area, one in Boston, and one in Nashville. Uh, might be adding another one in North Alabama soon. So our first goal together uh, with Ionia is to engage with clients in order to create delivery protocols that really work closely with how we know the human body, the human mind, and human emotions optimized for best outcomes, period. And that does mean combining talent and combining effort with folks that do work on cutting costs and looking at metrics and spreadsheet-driven ideas. But what we're really after is a change in the delivery model to promote social engagement, to look at behavioral economic methodologies like comparisons and rankings and frequency um, and prospect theory in getting people to be influenced to take care of themselves and habituate change for better, whether it's a provider or a patient. That's our first goal. Our second goal is to create software products that are our own that we can sell a subscription to really help reduce readmissions, length of stay, make the ease of use in the OR more apparent or any other tool that we can uh, provide on a mass basis to healthcare uh, from an insurance perspective or a healthcare delivery perspective. Um, Our COPD tool involves that. Uh, with Alexa Uh, our third vector is having health systems insurers or other healthcare entities come to us and say look we have a problem but we'd like to solve it with less people because we just don't have them can you help us create something using Alexa or other tools uh, and behavioral economics to affect change on a large-scale system um, given the problem we brought to you so it's really kind of a customized solution um, vector that we're offering, all three together, we all hope that we can affect a lot of change to a lot of people in simple but vivid and unique ways, allowing the patient and the provider to connect and engage in ways we would never had uh, the capability to do before. Awesome. So thank you for sharing all of that. And uh,
0: thank you for sharing uh all of your your experience and your perspective over this show and i'm going to wrap this up by saying every month the two of us will host this show yes we will Uh, we we will uh have on um all sorts of guests in the healthcare sector a lot of this show focused on alexa sort of out of necessity you know it's the it's got such a clear market leader position but um you know as google uh, catches up and starts to do some unique things. And as Apple rolls something out over the summer, uh, you know, we'll incorporate that as yeah, well. As other, whatever, I mean,
1: yeah, in uh, I'm really excited about all these major players delivering their voice first technologies and seeing who's going to win that game. And I bet you, Bradley, some people are going to be better at certain facets than others. And I really look forward to talking to these experts as changes come out with you and vetting uh, these for the general public to discuss. Yeah,
0: absolutely, and and competition in the space will be good, and it'll be great to have Amazon and Apple, uh, you know, and Microsoft and Google and and uh, any number of small to medium sized companies all competing to create compelling voice first uh, products and services. So uh, all of it uh, as it comes out will be evaluated here as it pertains to healthcare, and we're excited to have this show as part of Voice First FM.
1: Yeah, Bradley, we're going to learn a lot. Uh, I think we're going to be blown away a lot too, and I'm happy. Yeah, to be well, on you're with
0: you. I, yeah, I'm. I'm not part of the industry. I'm just sort of here, and uh, I'm here to ask the dumb questions that uh, <laughs> nobody else will will ask. So, uh, and I'm I'm totally comfortable with that. But uh, Matt, thank you for sharing your time with us, uh, and uh, until next time.